Well, amen. Welcome, everyone. We will start this out, uh, number one, by music. Uh, I was talking to some of the people uh, Sunday, and we're going to cut down the music to maybe one song and at best two. Uh, I don't want to wear our people out. Uh, I mean, that, to me, it's a blessing, but they have to practice. They have to do, they do a lot of stuff, and if you listen to them sing, uh, there's a lot of effort that goes in behind them. And with their busy little lives, uh, I don't want to kill them. Uh, so now... That leaves room for others uh, that, uh, that feel like there might not be a chance to get in. Uh, there's always openings uh, if you want to sing. Uh, that means I might have to break my guitar back out and make you suffer through that. So I can do that. I can do that. So if you don't, I will. Uh, and, and I'll get, I mean, Jake will send a song. We'll sing them, brother. We'll fix them up, man. I'll get my mandolin back out. Or my, my uh, what was that little bitty? Ukulele. Ukulele. I did that one time, man. I, got a, I had a bass case. And I had a little ukulele in the bass case, and I brought it in, and everybody was looking at me like, what's he doing with a bass case? And I lay it up here on there, and I open it up, and I open it up with the face toward you guys so you couldn't see what I was doing. And then, <laughs> then I picked it up, and no, I did not sing Tiptoe Through the Tulip. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I sang, but <laughs> it wasn't that, I'm sure. Take your Bibles. I'm going to finish up something. Well, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm going to finish it up or not, but... Uh, I'm going to go back to something I did a couple weeks ago. That I, didn't, I got just barely scratching the surface. 2 Corinthians 5.17. 5, 2 Corinthians 5.17. I like my Bible, man. My Bible's a great Bible. My Bible was from a Jewish author, uh, a great Jewish author. And uh, there's nobody else on the face of the planet that could ever write a book like this, uh, nor would attempt to write a book like this. Uh, I was, I was told I was anti-Semitic, uh, I had, I, and I didn't know what the definition, I guess I don't understand the definition of anti-Semitic, because I had made a comment that uh, the Jews hate us. Well, that's all-inclusive, so I'll, I'll rephrase that. Uh, the Jewish religion is at odds with the Christian religion. Uh, what I believe is that Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago at the hands of the Jewish religion. And the Jewish religion did. I'm not backing down from that. I refuse to back down. My Lord and Savior, my King, they rejected Jesus Christ. They rejected it. I did not. I took it. I took it. I liked it, man. Uh, I've been serving him now. As far as that goes, 2 Corinthians, 2, or 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul, uh, which is a Jew. Uh, by the way, every, every Bible that you have, every book you have in your Bible was written by a Jew. Uh, I don't know how in the world you could say I am a anti-Semitic when my salvation is based on the greatest Jew that ever lived. I mean, I don't understand that. The second greatest Jew, well, it's going to be a toss-up between David and, and Paul. Uh, but but the Lord said David is going to be king uh, in in, uh, in over in the millennium. He's going to rule and reign. I don't know where Paul fits. Well, Paul's on. Uh, I don't know where Paul fits in that thing. Uh, he he just gets. I guess he gets to go around and do whatever he wants to do. Uh, but when you sit there and look at it, every book you have is, is from a Jewish author. And it's not really our fault or, or any blame to us that they refused uh, that. They just refused it. I preached on that Sunday morning, and that's where somebody took it the wrong way. And they're just looking to get bitter about something. But, but it says right here, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, I thank you for the all things becoming new. Lord, when I got saved on that back porch in 1980, uh, Lord, my whole life changed. Uh, I didn't understand all the stuff that happened but uh, at that moment, but today, Lord, I sure do. 
Uh, Lord, thank you for the privilege and the honor, Lord, of being able to take a hit for you every now and then. And Lord, uh, this world never will understand. They didn't understand 2,000 years ago uh, when it came to you. And, and Lord, you're, you're God. You're God manifest in the flesh. Uh, Pilate looked at you and said, what is truth? And he's looking right at you, couldn't figure it out. But that thief got it on the cross. And Lord, I just want to thank you tonight that I got it uh, so many years ago. And, and Lord, it's been in my heart uh, ever since. Thank you for your many blessings. Uh, bless the message tonight in the service. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, some things in Christ and the price for them is a title I titled this thing. It's new things. There's always a price. There's a price you have to pay. Uh, I like that. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Uh, you know, when somebody gets saved, they became a new creature. They, they changed. And I said that last time. Uh, you're not the same as you were. If you're the same as you were, there's something wrong. Uh, I, I called a friend of mine, real good friend of mine tonight, and was talking to him. And, and I, I told him, I said, hey, I started reading Ian Bounds' book <laughs> on prayer. I said, I heard a little preacher, young man, uh, talk about that. And I said, I think I'll start reading that thing. And uh, going through that book, it's just an amazing thing. I, I asked, I told the, the brother, I said, hey, uh, if you didn't know I was in the Navy, I was in the Navy at one time, and he starts busting out laughing. <laughs> and he goes, uh, I said, in 1985, maybe 84, 85, 86, I was in the Mediterranean. We pulled into Marseille, France, or Toulon, France, whichever one is right there on the shoreline. I had to look. One of them was on the shoreline, the other one's off, and, and I, we pulled in here, and you get to the other one, but the other one, anyways, long story short, I pulled in there, and there was a mission Seaman service mission there. Uh, and it was for seamen, obviously. They didn't want Army guys in there or Air Force guys in there. Seamen. You had to be a seaman. So I walk in, and, and I show him my seaman card, my ID card. And this guy hands me a stack of Ian Bounds books. I still got them at the house. Each one of them were individual books. Uh, a necessity prayer, the power of prayer, all of them. I, got, I, got, I still got them and never read them. I told, the, I told the preacher that tonight. I said, I said you know what's amazing? I said, it, what is an amazing thing is, I, I said, I started reading this. I said, I sit in this service that you had down there, and I listened to one of these young preachers got up here. And they, I mean, a lot of them, they preach all kinds of stuff. And it was all on faithfulness. And this one guy, I said, brother, I said, what I got more than anything else out of anything. I said, the whole thing was good, really, but this one little thing kind of stuck out more than anything else. This young man got up here and said that, that you make him read Ian Bounds going to school. I said, man, I got a copy of that at the house. I got a brand new copy, of, a complete uh, uh, copy of Ian Bounds' works all in one volume. I said, it never been opened. I said, man, you know, I ought to probably read that. <laughs> I said, so I started reading it. You know, why, you know why you have a prayer problem? Ian Bounds is a brilliant man. I asked, I asked my, my preacher friend, I asked him a question. I said, hey, is there any pitfalls in this book? He goes, he said, would we allow it to be taught in our school? I said, well, I'm just checking as I go through because I can't seem to find any. He goes, oh, there's some different little things here and there, but nothing major. He said, we, we like it. I said, but that's a good book. I said, Ian Bounds puts it in such a way you have to, and, and I, I, I have to sometimes read over something two or three times. Uh, and he basically says, if you want to have a prayer life, you need to learn how to become obedient first. If you're not obedient, your prayer life is going to be shallow. And your obedience is to God. You know what's wrong with most everybody today? They're rebels. They're rebels. Uh, you have to learn how to be obedient. And we just, it is just not in our nature to be obedient. I don't want to be obedient. I'm sorry. But boy, I tell you what, when I got to go in the Navy, I mean, here's one my one shot in the whole world, wide world to change my life. 
I'm going to go in the Navy, man. And I'm going to, if they tell me to stand on my head in the corner for 10 days, I'm going to do the best I can to stand on the corner for 10 days. I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, sir. I call, if you move, man, I like that old saying. If you, the army guy said, if you walk up to something, he said, pick it up. If you can't pick it up, salute. If, if you walk up to something, salute it. If you can't salute it, pick it up. If you can't pick it up, paint it. I've been on Fort Gordon, Georgia. That's exactly what they do, man. I mean, they got big old stinking rocks all over. You never find that on a Navy base. They got anchors. They put a big old boat anchor out there somewhere. But I mean, they, they got a rock and it's painted. And they got people out there painting them. The sand, the sand. I'm not, I'm not belittling our army. We need them. But the sand is raked. Every morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, you hear this. And they got like 72 of these little guys, man, out there with rakes. And they're all walking in unison. Lift. Lift, lift, right, lift, 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 right, lift. And when you get done, it's got all these little mountains and sand. It's all nice, real nice. And we just walk through it and mess it all up. And, and, <laughs> but you got to learn to be obedient. They said, Mike, you're going to boot camp. You know what I did when I went to boot camp? I was the best boot camp person that they could find. You said, why? Because I was in boot camp. That's where I was at. I wasn't in school yet. I didn't care about school. I was in boot camp. That's, I'm going to do what they tell me to do. I did what they told me to do. I graduated boot camp. They sent me over to school. I eventually got in school. When I wasn't in school, I was the best grass cutter you ever seen. Why? Because that's what they told me to do. When the lieutenant came in my room, and I'm the only one in the barracks, the barracks sleeps about 800 people, and everybody's at school but me, and I'm the only one there during the day, so I'm his target. He comes in to do an inspection, but there ain't nobody to inspect. I'm the only one he can inspect, so he's going to come to me, and he says, Elliot, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my white glove on. And I, no, no, he's not going to check. <laughs> no, don't go there. <laughs> He's not doing that. He's got a white glove on. He's going to check for dirt. Oh, he said, I'm going to, he said, I am your enemy. You're my enemy. I'm like, what? He goes, he goes, Pedophilia, there's no war going on right now. And I need a war. And you're the closest thing I got. So he starts going through my room. Now, I had a roommate, Mike Benoit. Mike Benoit. Benoit, but it's really Benoit. Uh, he's been, been, been annoying, Benoit. <laughs> But anyways, he opened up his locker, and on the top of his locker, he has like 700 bottles of, of just about everything you could possibly take to make you healthy. The guy was like, i got to be healthy. i got to be healthy. His feet stank. He's, the guy's a mess, man. None of that stuff ever helped him at all. I mean, I like greasy burgers. I like Dr. Ruttman. Just give me, he said front across from Lester Roloff one time. Lester Roloff eats lettuce. Dr. Ruttman eats french fries and burgers and ketchup. Now, that's my kind of guy right there, man. Hey, if you aren't going to live, just live. Okay, live. But I did what they told me. That's called obedience. You don't learn that. I'm telling you, you don't learn that. I told the, the preacher friend of mine tonight. I said, brother, you know what's crazy? I now understand what he says. I said, I had these books in my hand in 1985. They were in my hand. As a matter of fact, they're in my book repertoire of books that I've never read. <laughs> They're up there, man. I mean, I can tell you, I can, I can get them out if you want them. I can give you some ancient copies of Ian e. Bounds. I mean, probably. Uh, uh, there are the cheap paper, you know, that real cheap stuff that you can give away for free. But, I mean, they're there. Never read them. He sat there. I was reading through there, and I read this to that preacher friend of mine. I said, he says right here, he says, before you can ever have a valid prayer life, you need to learn if you cannot be obedient 
you will never have a prayer life that means anything to God. What's obedient? He, then he goes into the commandments. He says, keep the commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. So there's nothing that you can't do that God's told you to do. The problem is, is you're not doing what you're supposed to do to do what he told you to do. Then he starts going into some other stuff. Uh, brother brother uh, uh, Tom over said, Mike's going to be going off on this stuff. Yeah, man, I am. I might just stay on this all night. Uh, I'm telling you, brother, that he starts going off onto this stuff and he starts getting it. And he goes, you know why you have a weak prayer life? Because a penitent sinner will come to Christ. Ian Bounds is a brilliant man. But you have to go through some hell in your life to get to the place where you can understand what that man's saying. Or at least I do. A penitent say, say, uh, sinner can come to him because you're a sinner. And you feel bad because of your sin, which you should. So he forgives you your sin, which he does. But that's as far as you go. You're not obedient. You know what obedience is? It's coming to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. It is, it is if you can, if you can. I know sometimes things happen. Obedience is doing what the Lord says do out of this book consistently and faithfully. You have to learn that. You know what I learned in the Navy how to be obedient? When they sent me to ETA school, they made me sit down and take a test. They said, okay, Mike, you're an idiot. I said, yeah, man. The best thing you'd ever do, in my case in that day, was not do very well on math. Because when you don't do very well on math, they want to give you the opportunity to succeed. So they give you a lot of time. But they gave these other guys who are these little Einstein morons, they go in and they can do the programming and get you the answer in two seconds. They give them like five minutes. But I got like 10 weeks. And they get just, so it just so happens if you get three or four days ahead of yourself, they give you two days off. Well, you give me a TI-30, I can get way ahead of myself if you're going to give me 10 weeks. So I'm always ahead. The lieutenant called me in his office one day. He said, Elliot, we're tired of playing with you. You think I'm a weasel now, man. I was worse back then. He goes, you have one week to finish your school. He goes, or we're kicking you out, man. He goes, you suckered us. I said, no, I didn't. I got the TI-30, man. I said, I didn't do very good in school. I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I wasted my time. I was not obedient in school. That's what caused my problem. And then when I got to ETA school, the only thing that solved my problem was them gave me, they gave me a TI-35, and they said, if you can figure out how to get the formula in this thing and get the answer across that thing and give me the correct answer, you will pass. Well, when I did that, that's just a, the 10 weeks that they gave me, I did not need. I could have done it all in three or four or five. It's a six-week course, something like that, and they gave me like 15 weeks. I was going home every weekend. <laughs> man, I was, I was limousines downtown, man, uh, to... O'Hare Airport, and I'd get five or six guys together. We, we didn't take no stinking cab or no Uber. Man, we went down there in limousines. If I'm going to go, man, I'm a sailor, man. I'm a sailor. I ain't going to go in no yellow cab. I called me a limousine, and I went through the base, and I got me four or five other guys that wants to go home too, and we all rent that limousine, and we ride to O'Hare, and we meet back there, and we get in that limousine and come back. We pull up to base and limo. I ain't going to say what we look like, but, <laughs> but we had a blast, man. But you know what I did? I obeyed them. There came a day where I got in trouble, and I stood before them, and I failed a test. And that same lieutenant looked at me and laughed. He said, get out of here, man. Go redo it, and we'll see you next time. Don't do it again, or I'll kick you out of school. You know what that was? That was obedience. Now, if I hadn't been obedient all the way through there, the day I stood before that man, he would have never said what he said. But being obedient, is that thing flashing? 
I changed that switch up. We got another issue going on. We're going to build a new building. Uh, anyways. <laughs> we'll fix that problem. I'll get some other lights. But, but you got to be obedient. Obedient. So Bounds is, is going through this book. Man, I'm sitting there crying. I don't know about you, but boy, I'm, I'm going through the book. I'm crying. And I'm like, Lord, I told, I told my preacher friend, I said, I think I got the obedience thing down. <laughs> I said, I wondered why. I said, I said, brother, I said, I wondered why God allowed all this stuff to be in my life for all these years. And then he showed me a couple things. And then the other day I walked into Home Depot. I'm going to tell you how important prayer is in your life. If you do not value prayer as the main thing in your life, you're making a big mistake. Now you say, Mike, you're 65. Yeah, okay. I walked into Home Depot, and I used to walk in, and I built my house, and I could walk in, and stuff would be there, and I could get it all day long. And for nothing, pennies, nothing, pennies on the dollar. So I walk in, and I walk back to the clearance area. There's nothing there. I'm like, Lord, this place has nothing anymore. Nobody has nothing anymore. Everything is just, just, I mean, it's outrageous. I said, I can't find anything good deals anymore. I walked around the corner down to another area, and they just marked two faucets down. I showed them to Beth. Kohler's. Mike knows all about Kohler's. They're $189 a piece, 14 bucks each. Brand new in the box with bands around them. I did buy them. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, I'm like, Lord. He goes, you have not because you ask not. Now, it wasn't that he gave me two sinks, faucets. He's like, what else are you missing that you could be having and your prayer life is shallow and you get this? We got the house back here. If anybody's talked to me at the time, you knew I wanted that house. We now own that house. And I'm sitting there going, Robin's seen it, Beth showed it. Tell a, tell a woman, tell another woman, she got my itch, and we bought the house. You say, how did that work, God? How much could you possibly get when it comes to prayer? If you would get into prayer. He says, your prayer life, what will happen is, and, and, this, and if you're honest with yourself, you'll say this. Your prayer life, you'll get, oh, I messed up. You'll ask for forgiveness. And then you'll go back into doing what you're doing, then you ask for forgiveness. So you're always staying at a penitent level. You're never moving to a child of the king that has boldness to come to the throne of grace at any given time and bring your petition in there and get his ear. Now, he hears your ear when you ask for forgiveness. He's got mercy and grace, and he's going to forgive you. But, but it takes more than that to get to him. And to get him to you. That's what you want to you. Our churches out there today are so anemic that people sit there and they think, well, I'm a Christian. I got saved. You just got on the racetrack, brother. You just started. I like Brother Dave the other day said, come back when you're 65. Hey, brother, I'm 65 now. I can come back. Here I am. How old are you? 66? Nine. Nine. So I can talk to him now. The rest of you can't unless you're 69, 60-something. But when I read that thing, I'm sitting there, tears are running down my face. I'm telling you, brother, I'm crying. And it was like the Lord said, Mike, there's something more here. You've been looking for something more, and here it is. Here it is. It isn't that you've been told to pray. Everybody be, is told to pray. You need to understand why. It isn't. I cannot just go to something and say, it, I'm going to replace everything. There is something wrong. I'll figure out what's wrong with this stupid thing. There's something wrong. I'll tell you what it is one day. It might take me six months to figure it out, but one of these days we'll figure it out. It'll take me 15 minutes to fix it. But, but you've got to get to the place where you're, you're not going to quit until you get the answer you're looking for. 
You got to know that the answer is what you're looking for. If all you're looking for is to get forgiven, you're going to have a miserable Christian life because you're always going to be in that state of failure. And that's where the devil wants to keep you. And the world can constantly be pulling you back this way and you mess up. And you, why don't you just let that come out from among them and be separate? Say, why don't you just let go of that stuff? You say, well, Mike, you don't. Well, I'm working on it. I'm spilling my guts in front of you right now. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Are you or are you not? What are you? You. The best suit. No. What are you? Old things are passed away. What happens is the old thing is what keeps you just at a penitent. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying the old things that is keeping you at that penitent level. You got to let go. Now, here was what got me, man. He said, the old things is what keeps you from having a prayer life. You say, well, I can't quit. Well, if you were obedient first and you started praying second and you hung in there and you like had importunity, importunity that lady came in there and, and she wouldn't let the judge go. Or the guy beats on the door at nighttime and says, hey, I want bread. I got friends coming. I need some bread. Uh, if you don't hang out there long enough, you ain't going to get it. But if you hang out there long enough, guess what? The Lord starts changing the new man to be like, get rid of the old man and make the new man what it should be. So the old things naturally, if you're trying to get rid of the old things, you'll never get rid of them. You'll never get rid of them. You know what you got to do is you got to learn how to be obedient. You got to let, you got to realize you got to let those things go. And you got to get down to prayer. You cannot pray to God with sin in your life and expect him to treat you like Michael the archangel or like his son. If you want him to treat you like Moses, I mean, the very first, brother, I'm telling you, remember I told you all the story about the Adam? And at the beginning of school, they told me about the Adam. Now, this was way before I even went to the Navy. I was in another school. The Adam sits here and it's got a proton, neutron, and it's got an electron. And they said, this is why, blah, blah, blah. It was almost 11 years later from the time I first knew that. And I probably knew that in school too. But definitely going through school, 11 years later, and that thing clicked. And electronics made sense. I said, now I can fix anything. I now understand electronics. I'm sitting here reading this thing. I said, Lord, I, I knew about prayer. As a matter of fact, I had these books in my hand in uh, 1985. He goes, yeah, but you didn't know about obedience. And he, get, he said, the more you get obedient... And then you start, then guess what? Obedience builds character. You got no character? You know what builds character? Obedience. The more obedient you become, the more character you got. The more character you get, the more obedient you come. And the more obedient you come, the more your prayers are getting before God. The more your prayers are getting before God, the more God says, you got to get rid of this. And it's easier to get rid of that. And you can do what he says do. But the problem is, is you don't know what he says to do because you never got past the penitent praying. He said, Mike, is this about prayer? No, it's about a new man. That's what a new man is. I like this. New, something new. How can you tell what's new and how can you tell if it's old? How can you tell that? Well, in 1949, I'm glad you asked that. In 1949, uh, they, they said I'm a, uh, uh, a, a, what is it, an anti-Jew, uh, uh, Jew hater? Yeah. Semitic, anti-Semitic. I'm thinking that if you say that you, if you say that they hate you, that's not anti-Semitic. 
because that's not me going out toward them. That's, that's what I'm saying. And so I said the all thing. I shouldn't have said anything. I should have classified it down because I, I don't really want to offend anybody. But it's a blessing, man. I, I call the newspaper and talk to them. And I hope they do put it in the newspaper. I don't care what they put in, really, uh, because it's just going to be free advertisement is all it's going to be. People are going to read it. And you know what most people do? They read something like that, then they want to go and see exactly what somebody said so they can just get the dirty, filthy garbage that somebody says. And they actually, so the, the guy I talked to him on the phone, I said, hey, let me tell you, sir, um, uh, I said, 2,000 years ago, you did hang him on the cross and kill him. And uh, my friend said, he'd probably need to hear about the cross. 1949, it, it, Israel was over there. Uh, since 18, 1918, the Belfort Agreement didn't happen. Israel really wasn't anything. As soon as Israel proclaimed its independence, it was attacked by Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and Saudi Arabia. Roughly a half a million Jewish citizens, soldiers, stood, was surrounded by over 40 million Arabs. And they whooped them. I've been in some of those battlefields. <laughs> they paint the cars upside down. They paint them. They leave them right there. From 1940, they're there. You go down those roads and you see this tank upside down. You see this armored car vehicle upside down painted. They go out there and paint it. The road crews paint them things all the time. Why? I said, why do you do that, man? I'm sitting right behind the bus. I'm listening to this guy, man. I'm like, yeah, 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 Jews, Jews, take over the world, take over the world. I like to, I want to serve, I'm going to serve a Jew one day. His name is Jesus Christ. I like that. And he's going to take this thing over, and I get to serve under him. I hope he lets me serve somewhere in Egypt, uh, Israel. But if he doesn't, I'll serve wherever he wants me serving, out in the Alpha Centauri somewhere. I don't care. But a half a million Jews went up against 40 million and whooped their hides. That's God. You know why you don't mess with them? It's because God's on their side. Between February the 24th and July the 20th, 1949, several unsuccessful, I would think a whole bunch of unsuccessful, Arab invasions of Israel occurred. All Arab forces were defeated. Ceasefire agreements were signed with each Arab state, although no peace agreement has ever been really signed. Now that was up to date of this writing. You know what that is? Now you go over there right now, and I've been there several times. I've spent about seven, eight months there, and then I took a bunch of kids over there. Uh, Israel don't look nothing like it did when they first went in. It's a new creature. It's, a, it's old things are passed away. The barren deserts and all that stuff are passed away. It's now green grass grows all around, all around. Buildings, everything else, uh, laboratories, uh, air bases, jets, nuke bombs, all that good stuff that you need to be a good nation. That's what Israel is right now. You know, in your life, when you get saved, that's what should happen to you. Old things should pass away. you got to sit there and say, what is my old things? Where, where is my prayer life? The things I'm going to talk about, I already talked about. I already talked about a new body. you got to get a new body. i got a new body today. The day I got saved, i got a new, a new body inside. And one of these days, I'm going to get a new body on the outside. Uh, he's going to come back, take me out of here. I'm going to, i got a new likeness. I should be likened to Jesus Christ. But to what this world, they don't want that. They don't want that. For in this we groan earnestly desiring. We desire but clothed upon with mortality. We got that mortality that it might be swallowed up. We want the mortality swallowed up, and it takes time. And that's why when I'm going through Balance's book, he's saying exactly the same thing, but at a different level out here. The, the mortality has to be gradually taken away, but you'll understand how to do that. I like the way he said it. He said, do you think you have a father that is going to give you something to do you can't do? There ain't no way he's going to do it. The problem is, is you're not going to do it. And as I was reading through, I said, Lord, I've been doing this for 42 two and a half years. 42 years. And I said, I understand exactly what he's saying. 
I understand exactly. I said, this is the key to everything I want right there. That's the key. Now, brethren, you got to get the old ways out. You know what? So many people will dress on the outside like we're, 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 we've arrived. You haven't arrived. If you can't get a hold of God in a situation and bring him into the situation, you haven't arrived. There's no arrival there. Don't, don't be a novice in any shape. You know what's wrong with most of us? We're novices. We've been told what to do, and we do that and do it. We never understood why we did it. I understand. You know why I don't like working on electronics anymore? Because I understand what it takes to fix it, and I don't want to do it. That thing hurts. I have to spend time and effort and brain power, and I have to throw everything else out and look at these lights. You say, oh, that's a simple thing. Then you fix it. I'll tell you what I done done. I done fixed it. You fix it. See if you can do it. I'm telling you, brother, it's, it's a crazy thing. You don't know where the problem lies. But it's a new likeness. Then a new assurance. You know why you, you get, man, Ian Bounds' book is great, man. You ought to read it. I'm t- I said, I got that from that kid, man. I mean, I can't. I said, brother, I don't even know which kid preached that. But he just said in passing that you, that, that is, is a requirement to go to school there. I said, so I guess I better read that book, man. And I started reading it. It's a good book. I got a new assurance. Now he hath wrought us the selfsame thing as God. Now he that had wrought us uh, for the selfsame thing as God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. So it's inside. Uh, it, the spirit itself bear witness, but you got to help that thing grow. You got to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord. It's constant growth. You got to get there. Otherwise, otherwise, but this is what you want. This is what you want. You can have it. You can stay right there at a penitent center. And you know what a penitent center does? Always blame somebody else for their problems. They never get to the place where they realize it's me, Lord. It's me that stands in need of prayer. It's me. I'm the one. Have you ever read Daniel's prayer? Go over to chapter 6, six seven, 7, I think it's 7. And Daniel sits there and says, we don't deserve you. That's Daniel. <laughs> Though Daniel, Noah, or Job are here, if these three were here, God said, I'd still kill everybody else. Those are the only three to get out of it. That eliminated Moses and all the rest of them. Now, inclusive, all inclusive. Moses can get mad at that. Well, Lord, why wasn't I in there? <laughs> Well, because I just picked three guys out right off the top, and that's it. But these three guys are pretty important if they can get through what God's going. You know what they did? Every one of them had a prayer life. You want to look at uh, Noah and say, oh, well, he got drunk. Fine. Go look at him getting drunk. He was obedient, built an ark for 120 years, and saved his family. What have you done? What have I done? Well, I tell you, man, I like it. I like my Bible. My Bible's cool. (laughs) It just tells me I'm scum. You may not be scum, but I'm scum. I, I I don't mind being scum. I don't mind. A new assurance. I have a new confidence. This is the next thing you won't get if you don't have a prayer life. Paul is sitting here with confidence. I got confidence, man. I like that. It says a certain, oh, here you watch this. Therefore, verse 6, therefore, 5, 5, 6, 2 Corinthians 5, 6, therefore, we are always confident knowing that while as we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Are you confident in that on a daily basis? Do you really think about that? I mean, is that in your mind? I am confident. I'm confident. I'm confident. Lord, I know that as long as I'm here, I'm away from you. And, and while I'm here, let me do something else. Verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Of course. But if I'm not, and, and, and I'm supposed to be where he wants me to be, and if I try to get into the prayer life he wants me to have, and the relationship he wants to get, I'm not saying you have to be on your knees 24-7. But your mind needs to be in heaven and on heavenly things. You need to be there. 
you're sitting there and he sits there and says this. Well, there's a certain soap maker. I got a little thing here. I thought it was cool, man. This, this confidence. A certain soap maker having run out of super uh, latitudes, super latitudes, whatever, how you, I can't even read the writing anymore, uh, to define the perfection of his product. He had a bar of soap. It was perfect. Hit upon the statement that said in a novel and compelling away at the last word that he could say concerning his product. As we couldn't improve our product, we made the box better. <laughs> I can't make the soap any better. You ain't going to make Jesus any better. You ain't going to. All you can do is make the box look better. You know what you need to do is work on the box. The thing that's in the box is perfect. You know, when you get to the place where you're confident in what's in you, you can, that will start coming out of you. Your confidence. People say, you're overconfident, Elliot. Yeah, good. I like it, man. You're underconfident. Get more confident. Beat me out. I don't care. doesn't bother me any. I just like Jesus Christ. I just think he's going to save me. I think, I think I'm going to go to heaven one day. I think I'm going to take my life. Don't even wake me up if I'm asleep. Leave me alone. i got a confidence. It's a new acceptance. Two men walking down a long road, the uh, Emmaus Road. Two men walking down a long, dusty road, their hearts filled with bitter grief. Their Lord had died upon the cross close by a repentant thief. A stranger joined them along the way. I read that story and start crying. I can feel it. I can feel those two guys walking. And everything they hoped in, all their dreams were in that man that hung on that cross and died, and they still didn't quite understand what was getting ready to happen. They thought while he was alive, he was going to be it, but man, he got up on that cross, he said, it's finished. Man, the thief on the cross got it. <laughs> he got it a couple seconds later, man, he said, yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's, a, he's shouting his glory, man. A stranger joined them along the way, and to them the scriptures did unfold, explaining that the death of their Messiah had by prophets oft been foretold. They didn't recognize their newfound friend. <laughs> Most of us don't. <laughs> Although their hearts grew strangely warm, until he gave thanks and broke the bread, when, when their eyes beheld the well-loved form. Ever eager to us to be eternal friend, eager, uh, even eager to be your eternal friend, Jesus walks beside you every day. Does that make your heart warm with love? Do you recognize your Savior on life's busy way? Or is your heart close, uh, close uh, tight to the Son of God? Through, through to Him, your very salvation is own, or though to Him, your very salvation is own. What will you do on that in, inevitable day when you meet Him face to face on your Emmaus road? I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> I said, man, I'm going to fall down. I'm going to be like Daniel. I'm going to get down on my face, and I'm going to just pass out. Uh, and I'm not going to do it because that's what I'm going to do. That's just what's going to happen. And it's going to take one of them angels to pick me up and hold me up, and I'm going to fall again because I'm a Gentile. And he's going to pick me up, and I'm going to fall again. And, and he's going to pick me up, and then, then he's going to have Aaron and her on each side of me hold me up so I can stand there for a few minutes, and I'm going to look at his glory. You say, what is that? That's confidence. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. And I'm not going to let any moron tell me anything different. Amen. Go for it, man. Do whatever you You know, you're free. You can do whatever you want to do in the world. A new motive. Boy, I, I, I started, when I joined the Navy, I said this. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend 
the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. Why would you do that to the military and you won't do that to Jesus Christ? I think we ought to do that in church. Uh, that I take this obligation freely. Man, I ate that thing up. Without any mental reservation or purpose of ev- They thought I was crazy. All the way to the time I left the Ponce, they thought I was crazy till 1989. They thought I was insane, man. They said, nobody can work like this kid works. Nobody does what this guy does. <laughs> I just loved it, man. It's like you put me in a candy store. Man, I was, I was high on sugar, man. I was like, mm, you couldn't keep me. I mean, you couldn't hold me down. Uh, where was that? No, a new judge. Oh, a new. Oh, well, I'm just going. A new judgment. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Paul's going on in, in 10, verse 10. And I can stop just about anywhere. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one may receive the things done in his body. Now, if you're just constantly praying the penitent prayer, and that's where your life is, and you're always down and up and down and up and down and up and down and up, have you ever thought about getting away from that? You're already saved. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple? I'm going to say that in a few minutes. Is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have God, and you're not, you're on your ball with a price. You're his. You're not this world's enemy. This world is not my home. I'm just a pastor. You're not here anymore. Let the thing go. You say, well, how do you do it? You just start saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to start praying. That's what I liked about him. Ian Bound said this. It's, it's amazing. He goes, you know when you start praying, if you're honest, and you start praying to the Lord, and you say, I'm going to do this, it's kind of hard to do that when your face is right in front of his. You're, you're saying, i got to let that go. And he goes, yep, yep, you got to let that go. And he goes, okay, so you let it go. And then the next thing is there. You know why people don't pray? Because that thing is going to be right there. And the Lord's going to show you what needs to go. And you're either going to say okay or no. Okay or no. And if you say okay, then that goes away. And guess what? Another one pops up. <laughs> and then you say okay, and another one pops up. And it never quits. But what you don't realize is as you keep doing that, you're walking on down the road with him a ways. And then you start growing, and you don't even realize you've grown. And when the Lord tells you to do this, you just do it. And people say, how could you do that? Well, because I was obedient way back there when he told me to get saved. And then he told me to do this, and he told me to do this, and he told me to do this. And I didn't do everything I was supposed to do all the time, but I did it most of the time. And now I'm here today where I'm at. Why? Because and every great man that ever served, not that I'm a great man, every great man that ever served God did the exact same thing, and you're no different than them. The Lord told me a long time ago. I mean, I, say, I remember seeing Moses and Elijah Noah getting drunk, man. <laughs> Adam and Eve sinning with the devil. I'm like, oh, God, I see all these guys are just wicked as hell, man. They're good. E- Enoch was the only one that did the right thing. He just got out. And you took him out before he could mess up. I said, oh, he's going to hit me with a lightning bolt. I can see it coming. Oh, the Lord says, you're just like they are. You're just like them, Mike. I'm like, what a Lord, man. <laughs> that would take a, a, a little Gentile dog pig sitting here and, and say, Mike, you're just like Moses to me. You know that? He said, you don't understand that yet. And it's going to take some years for you to get that. He goes, but that's what you are. You're just that. You have to, you have to, you know what the devil will do? He'll keep putting this stuff in your life to irritate you, to keep you down here. And so you're always coming back, Lord, oh, Lord, forgive me because I just did this. You should, you should. But don't you ever want to get beyond that? A new motive. I told the Lord, I told the Navy I was going to serve them. 
First Timothy says, this charge I commit thee. First Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit. Paul told Timothy this. I charge commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war. It's a good warfare. Holding fast, holding faith and a good conscience. You know, what, you know why you're a penitent sinner? It's because you got a bad conscience. You know what you got to do is let go of your conscience. I say, okay, Lord, it's a bad conscience. Got it, man. It's bad. What do I do? Get rid of this. <laughs> but, Lord, I like that. <laughs> Get rid of that. But I like that. Get rid of it. Okay, but, Lord. I... And your conscience starts getting cleaned up little by little. And pretty soon you're over on this side. You don't even realize it because you're still working on the things. And then when something comes up and you need the power of God to help somebody else and God reveals to you something like he did Daniel in chapter 7, 8, 9, 10, you'll see it. And you can say, oh, God, what do I do? And he goes, oh, by the way, I'm glad you asked. I sent a comforter down and help you exactly do what you need to do. A new life. A new life. A brand new life. Am I in the right place? Four or five. Man, I still got. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, man, I went, I went too far, I think. A new message. Yeah, man. No, that's later. Five. Three. I got on three. I got on that. Did that. A new motive. Got a new motive. A new life. I'm not the same as I used to be, and I don't ever want to be that ever again. Uh, I, I was that once before. I'm done with it. I don't want to be there. Uh, what, what I see is a lot of times people are living in their old lives, and they will refuse to let go of that life, and they just live there, and they're trying to drag everybody into their old life, and I just, I just won't be there. I'm just not going to be there. Uh, I can't be there. The Lord won't let me be there, and uh, I, can't, I can't have the Lord in that too, and I'm sorry, you're toast. That's, that's just my bottom line. I care more about him than I do life itself. Where do you think you fit in that picture? You don't. I can't let you be there. Because that thing right there is the, when I walk into Home Depot and I get good deals, that, and the Lord's right there with me. I mean, it's a whole lot more than that. It's tons, tons more deeper than that. Have you ever watched how 40 million Jews, 40, uh, uh, half a million Jews go up against 40 million Arabs and they win? How did that happen? That was because of God. Right. Now, he made a promise to a man named Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that's a promise. He kept that thing even though they messed up. But those prayers of those men brought that thing to pass. But the Lord had to do a lot of stuff to them to get their hearts to a place where they, he could bring that to pass. And they're still not there yet. They will be there one day. Lord's not done with the Jewish nation at all, man. He's going to bring that thing. We're going to serve Jews. Everybody out there needs to understand. We're going to serve them one day. A new life. I get a new life. A new creation. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I've had people say, I tell them what I've done. They say, I can't believe you've done that. I've had people say, there ain't no way you could have done that stuff. I said, yeah, I did. And I'm not happy with it. Some of the things I am happy with, but a lot of that stuff back there I wasn't happy with. I could have, I could have actually done things that, Cause people to lose their life. I didn't do anything intentionally. I didn't. I didn't go. I wasn't in places. But I tell you what, all the stuff that I was involved in, uh, with all the other things going on in life out there somewhere, I have no idea what the outcome of all that stuff was. And it's not like it's just driving down the road. It's important not to drive down the road without a driver's license. When they tell you to put your seatbelt on, there's a reason for it. Whether you obey or disobey, it's irrelevant. There's a reason for it. There's a reason why that you got laws and rules and everything else because they. You need to be obedient. If you won't obey the basic laws of a country that is carnal as the day is long, how are you going to obey God? You can't do it. 
a new practice. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I get, I get some new stuff to do, a new attitude. There's your attitude. The attitude's the key. The attitude. It's all about attitude. It's not about you. It's about attitude. And it's your attitude toward Jesus Christ. It's not about your attitude toward somebody else. It's about Jesus Christ. You are not the, the kingpin. You are not the, as, as somebody said, what is that, the cheese sandwich? What is that? Soup sandwich? Yeah, you're not the soup sandwich. You're not the main course. I'm sorry. You never were. Guess what? You will never be. Neither will I. <laughs> you can't be. That, them places go over and read in the New Testament. John and Mark came up and asked to be if they could be on right hand or left hand. No. Sorry, it's already taken. You can't be there. Uh, three. Let me get to three. Let me get to five. I'll stop right here. I'll stop right here. A new message. Boy, I got, I got a message. I got something to tell people. You know, when I talk to people and they get all mad and upset and they get bitter inside, they're just, they're just messed up. They, they don't understand. You can tell real quick that they don't understand. They don't, they don't even got it. You have to wonder sometimes if they're even saved. You got to wonder that. I've talked to hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people. And you talk to them, and depending on where they're at, if they're still at that penitive level down here, they're always right there trying to get this thing done. And they think because I'm here that I just asked Jesus for forgiveness. Now I'm sitting next to the throne. That's not the case. If you're going to get next to him up there, you're going to have to make some changes in your life. You got to make them. And as I was reading this thing, go to Acts 18, Acts 8, and I'll stop here. Acts 8. Your Bible's full of examples. One right after the other, right after the other. You're one of these three men. You're just, you're one of them. Can't help you. I mean, that's what you are. That's what I am. Uh, and, and, or you're in the process of becoming one of these men, however you look at that. Uh, 19, to, a new message. To wit, this is back in, don't have to go there, but back in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, it says, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You know what your job is? Is to reconcile them in. Is to get them in. It isn't to correct them. It's to get them in. And the word of God will correct them. You know what we want to do? We want to put everything that used to be a long, long, long time ago on people today. It don't work. Guess what? It didn't work in David's day either. And it isn't going to work in Noah's day, and it ain't going to work today. You got to let the Holy Spirit do it. What you got to do is learn who you are. Acts 8, 8, 14 says, Now when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Man, they want to go. He says, they sent unto them Peter and John, the big ones. They sent them. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was not fallen. And Acts is a dangerous book. It's a transitional book. you got to figure out in this thing, it's transitioning. By the time you get up to 9, 10, and 11, you're, the transition is starting to be complete. And the moment more you go on, you're going to see it's a more fixed salvation out here. But right here, Simon doesn't know. And he says, for, uh, for as yet, verse 16, he was not following the Holy Spirit upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, just like John the Baptist was. That's his baptism. Uh, but he didn't add Jesus in there. Peter and him started doing Acts 2.38. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, brethren, here, this next guy coming up is, is either you or you're Peter and John. You're one of the three. And when Simon, the sorcerer, saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. You know what people try to do? They try to buy it. 
You cannot buy God. You earn that relationship with him. You, you work to, to get that relationship with him. You do not buy it. Here's a guy who thinks, oh, I can give him money, then I can go. And his motive may have been okay. I don't know if his motive. Peter don't think it is. This guy sitting here saying, saying, give me this power also that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. And if you're going to pay money for it, chances are you're going to make them pay money for it. That's what I would think because that's just my wickedness. Simon, Simon is in, and Peter goes off right here. He says, but Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee because thou thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You know what's wrong with people? They think they can buy. You know what's wrong with the world today? They think that all I have to do is this, 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 and I've arrived. And that that is not true. You do this, 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 and this, and you'll find out you've done it all wrong. And your attitude will then dictate what happens next. He goes on right here. He says, uh, Peter, and they, he said, purchase for me. He says, thou had neither part nor lot in this matter. Now, Peter and John got some guts. I like Peter and John in this case. I like them both. I like them all the way through the Bible myself. Uh, they're Jews, by the way. They're Jews. I like Jews. I like following the Jew. Uh, he said, for, uh, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness. Oh, you just said a time, by the way. You shouldn't call somebody wicked because you hurt their little feelings. And they just don't know what to do with You're a wicked devil, man. That's what you are. That's what I am. I don't know about you. Uh, repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thoughts of thine heart may be forgiven thee. You know what Simon's problem was? He never developed a prayer life. He never did get some of that old stuff out, out of the way. You know what he, and here, for I perceive, now here's how you tell where somebody's out at. For I perceived that thou art in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. You're tied down. You're stuck. You can't get out. You just won't let go. You say, I'm saved. Yeah, but you're right there. You're constantly just messing up, getting forgiven, messing up, because you won't let go of this stinking, filthy world. Then answered Simon and said, this is the attitude part. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which thou hast spoken. This guy's got some brains, man. You know what he says? I don't want, I don't want to go to hell. I don't, you know, in his mind, he's probably thinking, I'm going to burn, I'm going to fry, I'm going to die, I'm going to get killed. I already know what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. Oh, man, it's going to be good. Judas went out and hung himself. Oh, his guts were all over the place. I don't want to be like that. Oh, Simon, oh, Peter, pray for me. The guy got his heart right. Now, I don't know if Simon got right. But I know he started on the right path, and he was going to the right place, and he was starting to become obedient. And if you never get to the place, if you're going to rebel against everybody that God sticks in your path, no matter what they tell you, then you'll never get to where you need to be so you can have a life with God. You'll never get there. I'm sorry, brother, and I want to be there. <laughs> if I can be there on this side, I want to be there on this side. This is where I want to be. I just want to be over here. And if I got to be here all by myself, then that's what I'll be. I'll be by myself. I don't care. I don't have to have nothing. I am, I am happy with absolutely nothing. I'm happy with everything I got. You could take it all away and I'd still be perfectly happy in Jesus Christ. I'm happy. I might be hungry, but I'd be happy. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of God, the word of the Lord returned to Jerusalem and preached. I'll, I'll stop right there. Well, 
man, what is it? 809? A new service. I got two more. I'll quit. I'll finish this up. A new service. Yeah, come on, man. You sit at home all day watching boob tube. Surely you can sit for a couple more minutes. 20. Five, 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Now then, we are ambassadors. Oh, now guess what? He's done elevated you up to a position. Everybody said, I want a position. You got one. Are you doing what it takes to get to that position? I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. That's what I am, an ambassador. You know what a lot of people, ambassadors do? They have to go in and tell world powers to get their acts right. And sometimes they just don't like it. The ambassador of the United States, man, we have downed that thing so much where we put women in there. We put all kinds of people in there and, and downed that thing. We used to have strong power people in those positions. And they'd go in, and the world was afraid of America. And we had men and women in places that were tough, and they knew exactly what to do was right. You know what they did? They grew up with nothing. They, they started getting stuff in life, and they had some form of morals. And I'm hoping they had something to do with God, and they got it in there. Um, a minister, a bastard is a minister of the highest ranking employed by the, either one prince or state. A, at the court of another to manage the public concerns of his own, of the, of the prince. That's what we're here for, brother. We're not here for anything else. And if we're always down there at the bottom somewhere like this, you'll never get there. You can't get there to take it away from somebody else. They get it because they've done what God said do. If they got it. Just because somebody is in a position of a, a church leadership doesn't mean the church is right. It doesn't mean it's wrong either. It doesn't mean it's right. But if, if God lifts them up through there, you can't just go up and take their position. I've seen people do that. That don't work. God lifts somebody up and he says, I'll bless them that bless thee and I'll curse them that curse thee. And I'll tell you what, I've watched him in 43 years take people out. I've watched him do it. I've watched a kid die within three or four days. Now, if that's what you, now I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. I just have watched things like that happen. I watched a guy going through school, playing with God, and he ends up getting shot after, going through Bible college. He ends up getting shot and killed by a police officer in a drug deal one night down in someplace in Florida next to Pensacola. You say, what is that? Playing. You're playing. You're playing with the wrong guy. If you're going to play with GM or Ford or one of these guys, that's fine. Go for it. You start playing with God, you're not messing with the person you think you're messing with. You're messing with him, and he can take our breath like that. He can stop you from doing anything. You say, well, you scare me. I'm not scared. Absent from the body, present with the Lord, man. If he takes me, guess where I get to go? Home. <laughs> so you know what I know? I got confidence. I know that he knows that I know that he knows that I know that he knows that he ain't going to do that. He's gonna, if he's going to punish me, he's going to make me stay right here. I will be stuck right here until the rapture, and I'll be the last one to leave the ground. You say, why is it? Because he's going to make sure that I, if this is where he's going to, he already knows that that ain't no punishment over there. The, the only way you're going to get me is over here. You say, well, you're arrogant. Okay, I'm arrogant. But I love Jesus and the final price. I get to be all that stuff for him. Man, I tell you what, let me, let me just run down that list real quick, and we'll, we'll quit. I got a new body, and it's, a newer one's coming one day, and I really need it. I got a new likeness. I want to be like him. I got a new assurance. I got new confidence. I got new acceptance. I got a, a new life. Did I already say a new life? New likeness, new body. No, I got a new life. 
Man, I tell you what, I, I, was, I was thinking about my life as it is right now, man. I just love it. I just love it. It's great. Uh, I've got, I've, and I thank God all the time that, that he had pulled me out of places where I shouldn't even be. A new creation, a new practice, a new attitude. I think I'm always wrong. A new judgment, a, a new motive, a new service. I'm now his ambassador. I need to work into that thing. But there's always a price associated with that. There's always been a price. Uh, there has never been a day when the price wasn't there. He says, what, know you not, your bodies is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are bought with a price. There was a price paid one day. You probably can't, or we don't sometimes even stop and think where he left before he come down here after we'd have messed this thing up for 4,000 years. When it came down here and Adam and Eve was here, this thing was perfect. I mean, it was perfect. No animals hitting each other. I mean, everything, I mean, Adam and Eve running around naked. They didn't even care. Nobody else cared. There wasn't nobody there to care. They were both perfect. I mean, not a blemish on either one of them. And Satan walks right into the thing, and he makes a mess up. And 4,000 years later, my Lord leaves his throne. Now, brethren, you ain't, the thing's outside this universe. You are not even going to be able to understand that throne till you get there. When you get there and you see that thing, you'll understand why you'll fall down dead. And they'll have to pick you up. And they'll, you'll fall down dead again. They'll pick you up. They'll might have to take you back outside the throne room and get you, smack you around a little bit so you can walk back in and die again. I mean, it's, it's, that thing is going to be unbelievable. And you're going to be there for all eternity. And the contrast to that is a place called the lake of fire or hell. And that's where you're not going. And the cost of that was him coming from there to hear, to open up a door and let everybody do to him what they did to him on his short 33 year and a half life for me to become a son of God on this planet. We never stop and think. We don't, we don't ever realize. He says, count the cost. Have you ever counted the cost of what your salvation cost? Of course it's free. I trusted Jesus Christ on a back porch and living It didn't cost me a dime. But uh, boy, I tell you what, over the life, He's so sweet. Just like going through this book, he goes, Mike, you know why I didn't take some of this stuff out of your life? Because I wanted to leave it there so you would fight with it. So you would understand when you got out there a ways that all you got to do is ask and I'll take it. I'm saying, Lord, I got that, man. He goes, you didn't understand that back here. If I'd have taken all this out, you would have never understood all this. You couldn't understand. You couldn't. Your mind could not understand it. You cannot understand it. Don't even try to understand my mind at 65. I've got 43 years of living in hell. Don't try to act like me. You haven't been where I've been. You haven't done what I've done, just like I haven't done what some of these other men that's been there and done that, got the T-shirt that's done. I've never been where Brother Dave's been. For me to even try to act like him, is a, I, I'm a fool. I'm right close to his age. You know what you got to do? You got to get a hold of Jesus Christ and like Jacob, man, grab hold of his leg and let him click you on the side and mess up your hip and do all kinds of, just don't let go. Don't let go. Because the cost is out of this world. There's nothing on this planet that can pay for it. God had to bring the payment with him. Him. His blood that he shed at Calvary. And that Jewish man I talked to the other day, I asked him. I said, do you love Jesus? That's none of your business. I said, sir, I said, you're going to write. I told him this. You'll probably put it in there. I mean, he's probably extremely negative, I'm sure. 
But he's asking, so you're an honest man? He said, yes, I am. I said, whoever wrote that or got you to look at that is setting you up. They're using you to get their agenda across. I said, sir, that's what they're doing. And I said, you, I mean, I understand what you're saying. You're, you're a man. I said, you're a Jew, and, and you love the Lord, and you say shalom every time you pick the phone up, which is good. And I'm glad of that. And one day, I said, the, the world's going to be yours again. It's going to be yours, and I'm going to help you get it. I said, sir, I'll give you anything I got. I said, but, but your people crucified him 2,000 years ago. And he says, you hated him without a cause. Simon realized real quick that he was in the gall of bitterness. You know, bitterness, I, I don't care what anybody does. If, nobody on this planet does anything that even bothers me. I mean, it, it does hurt a little inside. But, brother, I'm going to be out of here. I've been 10 or 15 years. I'm going to be out of here. I don't care. There's nothing that this world, this world never was my home. And it wasn't my home when I was lost. I just realized it after I got saved. Now I'm happy. I'm about as tickle pink. If you're in there tonight and you're lost, for he hath made him to be sin for us. I needed somebody to be sin for me because there was no way I could get out of that. You know what prayer does? The more you pray, the more he fills you with the Holy Ghost and the more he removes your sin out of his life. He just removes it, man. As far as these, I had a, I had a, a thing, I didn't print it, but uh, there was a, over in, I think it's uh, Nahum or Malachi, Micah, where it sits there and he's talking about his, he cast your sins as, as far as the east is from the west, so far as I remember your sin. And another old preacher said he's, he's going to go out there and find that spot. He's going to put a, a sign there saying, no fishing. <laughs> you had to think about that one for a while. When the Lord throws that thing away, it's gone. And he ain't even going to let you go there and find it. You know, what, you know what the devil will do is he'll get us playing in this area right here and stay there. When I need to say, Lord, what does it take for me to move a little bit closer to you? And a little bit closer and a little bit closer and just a teeny weeny little bit closer and just a little bit closer. And we're getting ready to start a new year. And brothers, last year was messed up. Lady, 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 guy, lady, guy, guy, lady, lady, lady. See, I can tell what a lady is. Your government soon won't be able to tell. <laughs> lady, 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 lady. I got him, man, lady. If I missed you, I didn't mean to. But I'm telling you, I can tell the difference. I can go down there and show what a guy looks like. But I'm telling you, brother, you know what? Our country, the world is getting crazy. And who really cares? I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, if anybody is in earshot of this and heard something, Lord, I just pray that it would be a blessing to them. Lord, help us to get past this stuff in our lives that's hindering us. Uh, Lord, uh, get out of the gall of bitterness or don't even let things get us bitter. Lord, just get past all that and serve you and win souls and move on and help, help those that need help, Lord, that want it. Uh, thank you for Simon, Lord, wanting it. I pray that he actually got it, uh, Lord, and uh, that he moved on down the road. Uh, Lord, it doesn't say in this particular passage, and I don't think I've ever read anything about him getting it, but, Lord, he was sure concerned about his condition at that moment. Lord, help us to learn how to be obedient, not to the church, or not, but to you, and do what you tell us to do. Lord, always knowing that you're going to bring people like Peter and James in our lives to show us some things, help us always have the ear that we're going to hear 
And, Lord, be able to listen and do what you tell us to do. And, Father, again, thank you for your blessings tonight. Bless the prayer service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.